How's it going, everybody? It is your favorite apostates. I am McKay. And I am Jordan. And we're back again. Uh, I wish there was a set change, but uh, uh, there's an issue with the mail right now. So the stuff that I ordered is not here yet. To be continued. To be continued on the set change situation. But uh, yeah, there were some people who offered some comments, um, some suggestions, and we follow those and we're going to follow through and see how those uh, pan out for us. Today, we're just going to jump into the topic at hand. We're doing another Mormon influencer that's like our 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 deal now so yeah lately so yeah people ask and you know why not give everybody what deliver one thing that i wanted to address before we we move forward with today's influencer was we received a myriad of comments regarding the crazy middles and our comments when they say that they support LGBTQIA plus folks, and we call BS on that. And a lot of people commented and said their son is gay, they love their son. And I we weren't saying that by any means. Like I would hope they do. We really hope yeah. And if that comes through in their videos, I mean I combed through a lot of material, but there's so much content that I could never get through. So I never even really saw this this child in any of their videos. But that's kind of missing the point of what we're trying to drive home. Because they love their son, and that's great. It's not really anything to be applauded because that should be the standard. Like, it's it shouldn't be some wonderful, miraculous thing that you love that your child Despite the fact Despite, that he's gay. Yeah, exactly. So that's great. I, I love that they love their kids. But they're also, the point was, they are contributing to an organization that is actively doing harm to queer folks. Including their over. child. Yeah. So you have to take into account that they can love their kid, but the messaging that they're sending to their their child and others that are LGBTQIA+. Is that, you know, the Mormon church is okay what they're doing. We approve by attending. We sustain their prophets and apostles as mouthpieces of God and the, the likes of that. So it's really mixed messaging that can end up being really harmful. And it's not like a an explicit harm. It's something that ends up kind of more as an implicit thing. I don't think it is difficult to wrap one's mind around the fact that when you dedicate your lifetime talents and make covenants with a church slash organization slash corporation um, that harms and oppresses and discriminates um, and causes severe harm, such as suicide. Um, It's not really unreasonable for me to be like, yeah, if you take part in that and you're actively a part of that organization you can't and we're going to talk about this with today's influencer you can't just discard the parts that are inconvenient to your brand or your message like you cannot be racist but you're a part of a racist church yeah but you can't discard that and be like well i just don't we don't think about that part but i you know it doesn't meh like, we can't do that. We can't do that. And that's yeah. the problem with a lot of these influencers is we just ignore the parts that are a little unsavory or rub people the wrong way. Um, and that's just not, it's not representative of Mormonism. It's inaccurate and it's harmful. Yeah. The Mormon church doesn't apologize for anything that they do. They were blatantly racist. The leadership said blatantly racist things for over a century and they just changed it there was no admission of guilt there was nothing in regard to how the the conduct of the leaders painted their church to be they just changed it and everything's all hunky-dory from here on out which is not okay because if they admit that those leaders were wrong and they weren't they didn't have any sort of special seeing ability then i mean What's the point? Anyway. The church will never take accountability for anything. And 
when history isn't learned from, it's doomed to be repeated. So that's the scenario that it finds itself in. Yeah. So if you love people, don't contribute or support or sustain any sort of organization that harms them in kind of such a way. hypocritical, yeah. if you will. So that's what I wanted to get on about pertaining to the last influencer video. We have been doing the Mormon Influencer series for a while now. And we started this series originally because when we started out doing these type of videos, making ex-Mormon content on TikTok, this was probably the number one question that we would get is why are there so many Mormon influencers? And so as part of answering that question, we have created the Mormon Influencer Series. And it is not necessarily a series where we just hate and shit on people and say they're terrible. We have made positive comments, I'm pretty sure, about everyone that we've covered, at least in some aspect or another, except for Ruby. Fuck Ruby. Fuck you, Ruby. So uh, this is not just a, let's just shit on people. Again, there's a difference between, you know, being rude and accountability and making critiques and offering, you know, feedback. Which yeah, totally. People shit on us all the time when we don't complain. It's fine. It's part of the nature of the platform, right? It's not bullying. It's it's not hate. It's what you get when you put yeah. your life on the internet, right? And so the whole point of this series was to, in part, answer that question of why are there so many influencers that are Mormon? And two, to kind of examine the Mormon influencer brand and what it looks like for each Mormon influencer. And if Mormonism, like the accurate Mormon experience, the doctrine based, even some of the cultural aspects of the Mormon church, if that maps on to the influencer themselves, Um, because we see varying amounts of whether or not an influencer is going to include that in their brand or not. But these are the influencers we get asked to cover the most because the way they live their lives, the way they portray themselves, the way they show up in public spaces is typically contrary to what the Mormon church teaches, which is why we get asked these questions. And so that's the whole point is answering that question, examining who they are, what they do, and why they do these things. And to give you some context around, would this be condoned in the Mormon church? And let's be clear, especially when we're talking about this today, I don't care if somebody's not living by the church standards. I don't give... I would rather they not. (laughs) Right. I don't give the slightest shit about that. I don't give the slightest shit if you're putting your boobs and, you know, cleavage out on the internet. Like, I, I don't care. But when we're looking at it in the framework of Mormonism, that's what we're trying to do. So we're not holding anybody to our rigid standards and judging people based on how McKay and I choose to live our lives. That's not what's happening here. It's based on the framework, the rules, the doctrine that has been set up by the church. And we're comparing the two to look to see if there are discrepancies. So that's the whole point. In a lot of cases, these Mormonism or these influencers are portraying Mormonism in a way that's contrary to if somebody does inquire of the missionaries about Mormonism is not what they're going to hear from the missionaries. So, and the thing is a lot of these things, a lot of these discrepancies aren't going to be brought up by the missionaries, especially if it's something that's going to take a baptism away from them, because that is a very big thing in their, their missionary work. So when you're misrepresenting Mormonism, you are leading people to believe that it is more palatable than it actually is, which is a problem. And especially with this influencer today, that is kind of the whole core of her her influencer experience is kind of making Mormonism more nuanced than it traditionally is allowed to be. And as we've talked about in previous videos, Many of these Mormon influencers rake it in, y'all. They make lots of money. And we're we're here about it. We're to, you know, get that bag. But we <laughs> presumably based on the information that we've collected today and how tithing works, a lot of these Mormon influencers are likely paying tithing, which is 10% of their income to the Mormon church. And so if you do not like the Mormon church and do not want to support them, then it is probably not a good idea to support these influencers. And you can do with that what you will. We're not going to tell you how to live your life. We're not going to tell you what to do. Um, But these influencers make their money off sponsorships and ads and affiliate links and all of those things. So 
It's about informed consumption, really. Like if this is not something you would normally consume because of the implications and the the connections that they have, I feel like everybody has the, uh, the right. I feel like everybody's entitled to knowing that kind of information so they can consume the way that they want to. Exactly. And that goes hand in hand with everything that we've talked about on this channel when it comes to privacy and protecting yourself on the internet and not exploiting, you know, your children and all of those things. This lines exactly up with that message. And we just reiterate it time and time again. So our, we kind of alluded to it. It's in the the fucking title, for God's sake. Um, The influencer we're going to be talking about today is Amber Fillerup. Now Amber Clark, Amber Fillerup Clark. Does she use? Oh, she uses both in her. She uses both in her blog title. So Amber Fillerup Clark. We love a hyphenation. Is she? There's no hyphen in here though. Who knows? If you don't want to change your last name after you get married, don't. There's no reason that you have to. It's dumb. It's a lot of effort. Yeah. The Social Security office sucks. Amen. Amber's kind of an interesting influencer because she has a bunch of followers on Instagram. I think it's 1.3 million. million. Uh, but she doesn't have like any sort of biographical information that I could really nail down just after a quick search. Um, some of her blog posts did contain some of the information that I was looking for. But like this one thing, she doesn't even have a Wikipedia page, which maybe I'm giving too much notoriety to instagram influencers and <laughs> bloggers but i feel like at that point you have enough people to you know come together and form a wikipedia page but um just based off of some of the information i have here this little article says born in the year 1989 or 1990 so at least the range is only within a year um so she's around 32 ish years old um There's a little bit of, because of this biographical discrepancy, um, there is mentions of her being born in Utah, but in her blogs, she primarily mentions growing up in Mesa, Arizona, which is still the Morador. She described Mesa as a mini Provo, Utah, so... Which is pretty accurate. From what I'm hearing, yeah, I've never been to Mesa, so... But there are a lot of, uh, I said this in the last one, the one, one of the few uh, United States companions that I had was from Mesa. So, you know, anecdotes are only the sum of their parts, obviously. She was born to parents who were both Mormon. Um, I couldn't get a real beat on her dad, but it sounds like her dad baptized her mom when she was a teenager. So she's been um, a Mormon her entire life. She ended up going to BYU for like two different times. Um, But she never graduated from BYU. Uh, She started out really as a hairstylist. And I think she started at BYU, went to hair college. Did she finish hair college? I don't know. She has an affinity for hair. She does. And she's good at it. So like, you know, some people are just talented and maybe don't have the credentials um but she never finished at byu but who would want to honestly yeah (laughs) i I don't blame her because that place kind of sucks amber rose to fame um kind of right around the same time maybe a little bit later when mormon mommy vlogging took off (laughs) and it's important to remember that like mommy vlogging now, which we see much more often as far as YouTube goes, but it originally was blogging and it was like your blogging websites. Like I used to have one extra cringe. That I don't even know what it's called. Cringe. WordPress. Oh yeah. Um, Classics. So those were like the bread and butter of the Mormon mommy blocking at the time movement and that's essentially what amber started out doing um so yeah and that was kind of like pre like just before mlm started getting huge in utah yeah like i never remember hearing about young living or doTERRA before Mm -mm. pre-2010 out here in utah no so her blog originally was called barefoot blonde 
Um, and this article that I am reading from was an article from The Atlantic um, that was wow. written about her. It is called Instamom, the enviable, highly profitable life of Amber Philip Clark, perfect mother and social media influencer. Perfect mother. Yeah. Is that facetious? I don't know. We'll find out. Maybe. Um, I hate people who say things like that. Perfect mom. Like, stop. Just stop. It's not helpful for anyone. Um, in the murmurings that I was reading, it sounded like she was not thrilled with this article. Um, it came out in 2017. And so it is a little dated, but... There was a lot of things in here that I felt were important. In the article, it talks about how she didn't intend for her blogging life experience to become a career, essentially. So the article said that she created the site while volunteering at an orphanage in Fiji when she was 20 so she could update her family back home. So that was kind of the intent originally, which isn't surprising to me because we've talked about this before, but... Mormonism encourages you to keep some kind of record, whether that be journaling or blogging or so there is some basis for that in that sense. Absolutely. Yeah. I, for example, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on our, any of our videos or if it was just to other groups of people, but I kept a journal and I wrote almost every single day. I had three identical books that I got. My mom bought me from Deseret book that I filled all three of them. So yeah, this totally on brand for Mormons. And having an electronic record that you can do it from anywhere is like. But now, let's say the majority of mom, vlogger, Mormon influencer people, I do not see doing that just for the intent of making a record. No, it's for the aesthetic. Um, or the money. For sure. So other people in the Mormon church don't get paid to blog, so. That's not your average Joe. So she didn't imagine that this was going to be her career. Um, After she returned from working or volunteering at the orphanage, she returned to Utah and transitioned to posting style style inspirations and musings on college life. So this was presumably while she was at BYU. So her blog was successful in the early stages it earned her a gig with an alarm system company that paid her to wear a t-shirt with its logo around campus i think the same logo adorns the stadium in downtown whoa salt lake city would i be surprised no i wouldn't be surprised what an interesting way to market something though like i'm gonna pay you a college student to walk around your campus with my shirt on like what (laughs) Makes sense. I have like multiple cousins who worked for them. I have a good friend who worked for them. (laughs) So that was her first like real, I mean, at that point you would think you were probably heading in a good direction. Yeah. Um, But it says she, school failed to keep her interest. So she left BYU, transferred to a year long hairstyling program and then went back to college for a second year before dropping out. This is according to the Atlantic article. Amber then meets her husband. I was told that they met actually at the gym and they were both quite young when they got married, as is traditional for Mormons. Jumped right in. Don't want to fool around with each other. Yeah. Well, she was at least 20, which is, I mean. Better than some. You were almost 21 and you were like, I'm an old maid. That's true. That's true. Goofball. Mormonism really Fs with your brain. So, that being said, if you've watched our stuff before, you know if someone gets married in the temple, which they did. What temple was it? South Jordan. They got married in the South Jordan Temple. Both of them had to have a temple recommend, right? They had to be interviewed by two people in church leadership to affirm that they were worthy to enter the temple and to be married to each other. So, that interview happens. They get married in the temple. Now, before you get married in the temple... You have to attend a religious ritual, which we also have a video on. Link. So <clears throat> that religious ritual called the endowment, the initiatory and the endowment is where you get your garments or the magic Mormon underwear, as it's colloquially called, yeah. right? Just like the the church does not want us to call, but I'm going to say it anyway. We I'm call here. it. So 
Um, so that is set in stone. Like they went through the temple. I, I don't know if he went on a mission or not, but I assume he did. So both of them would be endowed. It would both be wearing garments and they are asked frequently by church leadership. Are you wearing your garments? What do they say? Night and day. One of those questions now question 13 in the current list of questions that bishop and stake president are supposed to ask is, do you keep the covenants that you made in the temple, including wearing the temple garment as instructed in the endowment? That is outlined as the garment should be worn beneath the outer clothing. It should not be removed for activities that can reasonably be done while wearing the garment, and it should not be modified to accommodate different styles of clothing. Endowed members should seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit to answer personal questions about wearing the garment. It is a sacred privilege to wear the garment, and doing so is an outward expression of inner commitment to follow the Savior Jesus Christ. So that's directly from a uh, letter from church headquarters signed by the presidency and other general officers regarding temple garment wearing donning stuff you know so yes it's a question they ask now here's the rub with amber um amber has created her own mormonism that is not that is very loosely based on the original. <laughs> yeah. And this is something where we're like, if that is something that appeals to you, I, everybody has the freedom to do what they please, right? The problem is marketing what you personally believe, what you believe that God has told you and confirmed to you by the Holy Spirit or whatever means it is not what Mormonism is. Don't call it that. So to illustrate this point, there is no clearer video that we can offer you <laughs> than this one. <laughs> we have to remove the, the audio, but I will give you my best rendition of what it sounds like. Boom, boom, Fringe level unlocked. This is this is like new territory of cringe, honestly. There is a like a little group of them like this. It's like taken over. This is not like Mormon mommy vlogging, I wouldn't consider it, but Mormon mommy like trying cringe to be cute <laughs> influencers. Um, there are a lot of them more now than I've ever seen. And it's very much the, we've created our own brand of Mormonism, but we're still Mormon, even though it's kind of like, we're really not. Um, I think the only thing more cringe than this video were the comments. Oh God. I, I want you to get to these comments. Cause honestly, there's one in particular that I want to talk about, but. Uh... So this comment says, if you believe in the teachings of the Mormon church and you disregard the rules, then you don't really believe in the Mormon teachings. I mean, that's fair. That's very fair. Yeah. Cause you can, which is fine, but just like don't misrepresent it as what Mormonism is. Because it's, it's not. not. <laughs> so she responded so kindly. You don't have to believe everything to be a part of something. And that's. Are you sure about that? <laughs> I mean, yes and no, because you're we just talked about it right like you're asked these questions and so you're responsible for yeah if you've attended the temple then you are expected to abide by these things and if you're like the whole pinnacle mormon experience that we always talk about is the temple and if you're not attending the temple like i had i had at least one bishop as a youth who would ask me every time i had a recommend interview how often i was able to go to the temple and if i was making an effort to go and so, well, and beyond that, they encourage whether you are attending the temple or can because of proximity, they tell everybody like almost every conference and with their local meetings and everything like that, that you should have an active current temple recommend, which is you have to re up every single every two years. So regardless of whether you're attending, they're telling you that you should have a current one all the time. 
And the garment thing gets me, you guys, because this is like, it's obnoxious because it's turned into this kind of corrupted idea of you don't have to wear the garments. Like it's a personal choice. You have free agency. And it's like, I hear that, but that's not the standard. Um, Like, I totally get what you're saying, because like if that is when you're belonging to Mormonism and that's what you want to do, that's great. But when you're telling people that you can just not wear it and they get to the point where they're supposed to wear it and literally that is the only person that has ever told you that you can't you don't have to wear it if you don't want to. You've now put them in a position where they're going to feel coerced into wearing it, regardless of what you had said. Right. And it's not just a, like, there's Mormon rules, like, casual, more casual rules. Like, I would even say the word of wisdom. So don't drink tea, don't drink coffee. I would say even those are more casual, but you're still asked about it in Temple Recommended in interviews. But there's rules, there's, like, dress, you know, don't have more than one piercing in one ear or standards, right? Like don't swear or there's some like really loose Mormon things, right. That are kind of like adaptable based on the family. But then there are the things that are not, (laughs) are not flexible within Mormonism. And the garment is one of those things. Like it goes so far as to say that anytime you take off your garments, you need to be doing whatever you're doing with efficiency. So you can immediately put them back on. Yeah, sexy time. You gotta hurry it up. Get that back on. I knew. I that felt like we had to do that. We did that. Honestly, that's embarrassing. That is embarrassing. <laughs> I can't believe well, I just I'm, shared that I with am everyone. Perfectly willing to admit how cringe we have been in the past because I had guilt about it because we took them off, and yeah. so even though I just wanted to, you know, move on, we had to go back yeah. put those on, like. Well, and even moreover, in this same thing that I put up, I didn't read it, but it says it serves as a protection against temptation and evil. Like, that is a pretty hefty incentive to be wearing it if it's going to protect you from the devil, who is the end-all, be-all, like, worst thing that exists in the universe. They tell you that in the temple. They tell you that it's a, what do they say, it's a protection from the destroyer. Is that what they say? I can't recall off the top of my head right now, but yeah. But they literally talk about it in the temple where they're like, this is a shield and protection unto you from the devil. So I mean, yeah. It's not a casual thing. And it's not like you can't be a regular old Mormon person and be like, well, Amber Filler up Clark told me I don't have to wear my garments. Go tell that to your bishop and let me know how that goes. Even though, yeah, even though it's something that you don't want to do which there are so many people out there who don't want to wear garments especially because for women they are just terrible like they are designed by men no, regardless of what they say like they are shit period the well, and fabrics are shit and everything about it is bad well and i had multiple friends who were having problems like yeast infections with the garments and they would ask their bishop for leeway and they wouldn't be granted it. So this Imagine isn't like that. a people or women having go, to go to a man that's not even their spouse to get approval on their underwear choices. I can name at least five women that I went to college with who had medical like health issues with the garments and asked for leniency with their bishop and their bishops told them tough. Let, how do we make it work? So it's a trial. You can't, the whole idea that you just don't have to wear your garments, like, tell that to the women that have been in the church 60, 70 years. Like, no, it was never a, like, it was never a choice. It was never free agency. Like, we can talk about things within Mormonism being a choice, but is it really? Is it really? And why do we only make it a choice when it's convenient? Yeah. That's the other thing. One of these other comments kind of made that, uh, and it was a, a big point that I wanted to hit on. So somebody commented, I didn't know it was a choice. And she responds, free agency, sparkle, which is really interesting that she thinks that she, 
I mean, she's a Mormon and she believes in the church. Obviously, she believes that God told her that she doesn't have to wear the garment, but presumably she still upholds the teachings of the apostles and the prophets, one of whom said this recently. You and I don't pay our tithing. Do we have the option not to pay our tithing? Carlos Diemos? Nope. No. It's breaking a covenant. It is not the exercise of agency anymore. If some night you don't want to go to sleep, read the scriptures and learn about what happens to covenant breakers. I guarantee you, you will not go to sleep. So that is Apostle Susan Bednar's husband, um, if you don't get that joke, but sorry. It's He's kind a of pretentious a asshole, and yeah. he doesn't like to be called anything by other than his hopefully maybe one day be a prophet name. Yeah. So Susan Bednar's husband. This guy is a prophet, seer, and revelator, as is outlined by the church. And he says that when you've made covenants, you don't have any agency, basically, because when you make the wrong choice, just read about it in the scriptures and you won't go to sleep that night. Hello? Are you listening? This dude basically, he just said, when this you was take recent. covenants, yeah, when you take covenants, you don't have any agency. This so wasn't dated illusion. from a million years ago. No. This is the rhetoric that they're pushing right now. And so it's just unfair. And I'm not here to say that Amber should or shouldn't wear her temple garment. Like, I, I don't fucking care. But when you have a platform and you're portraying Mormonism in this way... All it's doing, and this is my this is my opinion, and some people may disagree with me on this, but when we have people that are making decisions like this, so they're like, I don't want to wear garments anymore. I don't feel like I need to. That's great. You don't need to. You, it's your decision, right? You have the free agency. But what this does is that's going against the grain. That's not the majority of people. You pull in 500 Mormons in a room, and I would bet that less than 10 of them aren't wearing their garments. So this isn't like a standard that people are just like, mm, don't have to wear garments anymore. That's not what's happening. So instead, what's happening is we have an influencer that's very prominent in the Mormon community. People are very aware that she's Mormon. It's all over her website. She's talked about it before. Yeah. People are aware. And so what this does is Amber comes out and says, I'm not wearing my garments anymore. And what it, and I still stay. That's the problem. Is because what happens is the progressive Mormons, like myself, who was once in, in that group, progressive Mormons are like, oh, well, that's one thing that I can let go because somebody else is doing it and they're still staying. And what it does is it creates this endless cycle where people just stay within Mormonism because it just becomes more palatable and easier to be in if you just start picking and choosing what you will and won't take. Right? Yeah. Like, And that's what's... The harmful aspect about it is these people, Amber included, could likely walk away and unlearn a lot of the toxicity and undue influence that the Mormon that the Mormon Church has. But when influencers like this like make up their own brand of Mormonism and then push it out to everyone as mainstream as mainstream Mormonism, Mormonism yeah. when it's not, then it's just allowing those people to stay and. From our perspective out, once in, we don't want those people to stay. Yeah. If the garments to you... Especially, more particularly, if it's harmful to you. Like, it, it breaks my heart when people do choose to stay and they're being harmed by it actively. Like, it is their choice. That is what they want. So long as they are, you know informed and they're you know they can make informed consent but at the same time it's like oh man it just it can suck a lot of times when we that's what we want is those yeah. people likely progressive mormons a lot of mormons are progressive because they don't agree with the mainstream church and there's probably potentially some level of hurt or some level of like incongruence with what they feel and what the yeah. church does. And so that group of people is already on the fringe. And that group of people, there's quite a few of them that I'm aware of, including myself, who were explicitly harmed by the church in very grotesque and egregious ways. And what it does is it creates an environment where they can stay. 
And that's not what we want because we want those people to get out. If garments don't yeah. speak to you, it's a central tenet of Mormonism. People who don't know anything about Mormonism know about the special the magic underwear. underwear. They know and it. Soaking. <laughs> And soaking. <laughs> so it's not like those two things aren't removable. So if you get revelation or the impression or you just know in your inner being and self that garments aren't right for you and you don't have to wear them, that should be a red flag and an indicator to you that yeah. that's incongruent with the organization that you're a part of. And there, uh, yeah, there's so much that goes into that. And I think people think that we're critical about these people on this, but you just listen to what David Ass Bednar just said. Like, it doesn't get any more intense than that. Like, we are not just dilly-dallying yeah. with underwear right now. We're talking about covenants, covenants that you've yeah. made with a God who will punish you by very egregious penalty yeah. for who breaking. Yeah, swore in front of God, angels, and, and these witnesses. witnesses. <laughs> and then that was after they said, God will not be mocked in a really serious and menacing tone. Yeah. So it's hard because this kind of thing, I, I can understand the nuance where there's a lot of people who will say, no, we need nuance within the church to affect change. Prop 8 was nearly 15 years ago, and they haven't moved a fucking inch. At one point, they made a giant leap backwards. And then just we're back to where we were almost 15 years ago. So when is the change going to happen by having nuanced people in there? There are tons of people who remove their records because of that decision. And there's a lot of evidence that suggests that that's what ended up moving it back. We have a video about that. Check it out. So I understand the nuance of... We need nuanced people in the church to help affect change. But, oh, man, it is a sinking ship. <laughs> so. And she, from what I can gather from her Instagram and her TikTok, she's, I mean, by the church's modesty standards, a, like, regular old 70-year-old Mormon would probably be, like, clutching her pearls so hard her necklace breaks. Like, this is not just, like, I occasionally wear short shorts. So by Mormon standards, she sticks out like a sore thumb. And she's talked about, she still has an active blog. She, it's on her her website. And she talks about these things. And she talks about being called out by, or like being, you know, getting stares and catching people posting about her negatively on the internet by other ward members, like yeah. by other Mormon people. And so, and it's she's like, talked about how that's hurtful, which yeah. it is. If be your own people, y'all, like, come on. Seriously, yeah. In this one instance, she said, I had someone even write a letter to my in-laws saying, brother and sister Clark, you should be ashamed of your new daughter-in-law because she doesn't wear the garment. Like, they, somebody sat down and wrote a, wrote a letter about this. People feel strongly about covenant breakers, quote unquote, in the Mormon church. So, it is really big red flag when and she wrote two it was a two-part post last year um the first one was on march 20 or march 4th 2021 and in both posts that was like the the major part of the post or the blog posts was talking about her not wearing garments if you have to justify it so much like so let me just put some of these things in perspective here with words from her own mouth. Like this is yeah. directly off her website, right? So she's addressed these things a lot because she's Mormon and she tells people and she has a pretty large platform and people find out, then she gets a million questions because she doesn't follow the Mormon rules and people are confused, rightfully so. So she talks about garments and she made this whole post and does a lot of like disclaimers at the beginning saying, this might be like offensive to you or you might feel the tone is negative, but she says it's the truth for me, essentially. So she says, I'm not doing this to justify my life choices. So please stop saying that I'm 31 and I haven't worn my garments in years. So what? I took all this time to get justifications? No, I never needed it, nor do I now. I also am not at all rehearsing my doubts, quoting from comments. 
this was a church quote that essentially punished people for doubting the faith. Yeah. Really great. And I think this particular quote from conference could potentially be very toxic, which was encouraging to read. That's true. Why should people not voice their doubts? I think if you're going to voice doubts, don't only do it with people who agree. Try to also have different perspectives so you can actually seek answers and fresh outlooks. Please do not disrespect the temple garment. The church is only one of the many religions that wear religious garments. It is so inappropriate to mock or make fun of any garment worn by any religion. I've talked about my stance on them, but that doesn't mean that I don't have incredible respect for anyone of any religion who wears these garments that are incredibly special, symbolic, and powerful to them. <laughs> so much so that you don't wear yours. Okay. Like, I, I was like, I, I'm she's confused. probably going to would make her mad. And then I was like, oh, wait, if she, <laughs> if she knows anything about us already, she doesn't like us. No, definitely not. And then she goes on to say, but garments represent commitment to the Lord and people can make judgments about your commitment. She said, let's say it does. What I am saying is let people be less your version of committed than you. And can you be okay with that? They are okay with it. So can they still be a part of the church and you just let them do that and worry about yourself? Commitment is different to everyone. And many people are happy with the level of commitment they have to the version of God they believe in. And here's the thing. I love that. That works for her. It makes sense to me. I get it. That's great. I fully stand and in support of this. But guess what? That's not Mormonism. Mormonism absolutely requires a level of commitment. And it is set. And I, the many things that she talks about in both of these blog posts, if I didn't know who she was, I would assume that she's an ex-Mormon. Like, that's just the tone of the entire post and everything that she talks about. Like, either an ex-Mormon or someone like literally on the edge hanging by a thread ready to leave because that's very much how this is the things that she talks about the perspectives that she gives so she goes on to say why don't you just leave the church then and i know so many people have asked this respectfully out of genuine curiosity so thank you i don't have to agree with everything to be a part of something i could switch religions and even still i wouldn't agree with everything i don't see my only options as believing everything follow everything and stay or have questions and leave we are going to teach our kids that they can question anything. They can pray and ponder and read and learn, and they will find answers. And it is also possible they won't, and that's okay. It's fine to not know every detail. The goal is to just do what you can to feel God's love and blah, 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 blah. I'm not responsible for anyone who decides to not wear their garments or not go to church or whatever after reading this. Did the Disclaimer. bishop tell you to put that in there? Yeah. <laughs> so I just... I get it. I get it. I get that this is where she's at and we're not going to punish anybody for where they're at in their faith journey. Like, right. This is to me, this reads as someone who's going to leave the church. That's what this reads to me. Cause I wrote shit like this. I thought things like this, like the things that she talks about and some of the things that she says in this, I've told myself countless times when I was trying to stay. Totally. And when you stop trying to stay, when you stop trying to fit Mormonism around what you're like, you're, you're trying to modify Mormonism as it is to fit you. And yeah. when you do that, you're trying to put Mormonism in a box, which is fundamentally incompatible with Mormonism that puts you in a box. And when you do that, when you modify, so what you take, what you are and what you're feeling and you're like, okay, I don't want to wear my garments. I don't want to do this. So instead of questioning Mormonism, you just modify Mormonism to fit so that you don't have to, it's almost a thought stopper. So you don't have to go down that path. Because yeah. since there is more nuance and more progressive Mormons now, that's becoming more kind of widely accepted. But the problem with that, and I think the church absolutely uses this to their advantage, is you have this, these people who desperately want to stay and they will allow the progressive stance like there are things that don't like jive with Mormonism. They'll allow them to exist with this idea that they can be nuanced because if they do that, then they'll stay. So if we take that away and we start looking at things really objectively instead of being like, oh, well, I can be progressive. Well, really, you can't. But Mormonism yeah. will lead you to believe that you have some wiggle room so that it doesn't push you right out the door right away. Does that make sense? Totally, yeah. And I think there's some other points to bring up here in relation to that. As 
there'll be basically stumbling blocks in that uh, process, I guess. One of the, in the first part of this blog post that she did, there was like a couple Q&A type things at the bottom. Uh, one of the ones, I think I mentioned it in a different video, but it just floored me, <laughs> was uh, somebody asked, uh, how do you feel about polygamy and Joseph Smith? And she responds, I think polygamy is really weird. Just like weird. And I don't like to think about it, to be honest. Mormons do not practice polygamy. Mm. That's a half truth. But yeah, back in the day, and uh, they did back in the day, and it honestly f weirds me the freak out. That is some such Mormon vernacular. A lot of the details from that time weird me out. I just try to focus on God, honestly, which is what most Mormons do. They put the blinders onto the things that they don't like. They put them on a shelf, and they don't think about them, which is not a good thing, especially if you're, the hill you're going to die on is garments, but the one of the really glaringly terrible parts about Mormonism and polyamory and polygamy fundamentally are not a bad thing, but within Mormonism, it was in a lot of aspects. You're just going to put the blinders on about that one. Joseph Smith being a disgusting predator. Like, yeah. And, hello. and I do get feminist vibes from her. Yeah. So why is the the small aspect of purity culture going to be the hill you die on and not, you know, the more obvious answer. So it just seems really convenient that she can just put the blinders on for that one. It, it just weirds me out and I don't like to think about it, but that's convenient. That's nice for you. Cause it, yeah. it, to me, <laughs> it gives me the people in the church who refuse to reckon with racism. It gives me that, well, I just don't want to think about it. Yeah. And that one wasn't mentioned in here. <laughs> Maybe people were not as aware. Uh, but I really hope that that's not the approach that she takes to the... All the other issues? The total racist shit of the Mormon church for 100 plus years. Another one of the Q&A questions, which is kind of a repeat, but it has more to it this time, was how do you navigate the church while supporting LGBTQ members? And she says, my opinion on this is different from the church, and I have a really hard time with that. It makes me sad that so many feel alienated. I would go further and say that there are so many who are harmed. There are people who take their lives because of it. I wish I had a good answer, but I'm still trying to figure out some of these things, which is fine. I fully support LGBTQ plus community with my whole heart. And part of the, because it sounds like she's nuanced enough to not take the church's bullshit just fed to her on a spoon um, with that bit that you read a bit earlier. And it also brings in the main component that we always talk about, which is tithing and nuanced Mormons. There's been like a really big bit with nuanced Mormons in kind of reclaiming the payment of tithing and how it's done. Because in the Mormon church, you're required to pay tithing to the church. They keep a record of it on a yearly basis. They ha You have a meeting with your bishop and you declare if you're a full tithe payer or not. Obviously, in the vast majority of cases, they're not going to have any sort of like bank statements or check stubs or anything like that. You're just supposed to tell them that you're a full tithe payer. And traditionally, people believe that Mormon bishops have the gift of discernment and would be able to discern if you're lying or not. So people generally try to make the best effort to be honest in that one. Not to mention, it is a uh, one of the Temple Recommend questions to A, be a full tithe payer. That's why we always talk about tithing. And B, if you're honest in your dealings with your fellow man, including the bishop and talking about your payment of your tithe. But anyway, because of that really rigid structure surrounding tithing, a lot of the nuanced Mormons uh, have reclaimed that and basically moved away from paying the tithing to the organization in favor of paying it to charitable organizations and things that they deem worthy and godly. And honestly, that's great. And maybe in a lot of cases, you'd be able to kind of um, 
I don't want to say strong arm, but maybe convince that your your bishop that you're a full tithe payer, even though he's sitting with a blank sheet in front of him that says you've donated nothing. But that might not always be the case. So when you're donating tithing to the church, they're taking that tithing, and in the instance of Prop 8 in California in 2008, they took some of those tithes and lobbied with it and then told people they weren't doing that. They also so they, built a mall with it. Yeah. They do a lot of shady shit with the tithes. So it, for that reason, a lot of the nuanced Mormons try to stray away from the uh, tithing to the church. So obviously we're not the tithing police. We don't know who's paying tithing and who's not. Um it is reasonable to believe that they probably are doing something, especially if her husband is involved at all with the church. Um, it's if he has a temple recommend, he's going to be asked the same question. And so it seems kind of weird to me that they wouldn't be doing that. Maybe they're not. I don't know. But it doesn't make sense because that's part of the temple recommend questions. And clearly she probably doesn't have one. I don't know what bishop would be willing to give one out knowing what yeah. she does. And that's I not mean, shade at her. That's literally yeah. the leadership would not tolerate that. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility given what we would perceive as the influencer treatment privilege, the privilege where if they've got a platform and they can do serious harm to the church with that platform, they might have a little bit of leeway. So I won't discount that. Yeah, she we don't have like anything like super recent, but her husband with their last kid did bless their child, which is a Mormon ritual yeah. after the child's born. And do you want to talk about how you participate in that? <laughs> yeah. Um. So in the baby blessing, it has to be you have to have permission from the bishop to bless and give your child a name, which is. I th it's just an extension of this is how we get your child's name on the records of the church. So before they're baptized, we still got their fucking information. Yeah. So um, in order to and there's also been nuanced Mormons who do it in their own house, which is like we were considering doing that with our child. Uh, thank God we didn't because that would have been fucking dumb. But <laughs> um, seems like they did it at church and in order for the bishop to give the go ahead on that, usually you have to be temple worthy, paying your tithing. You have to have a temple recommend because kind of if you don't, so, you can't participate. Right. Not temple recommend. You'd have to be worthy. You have to be worthy. Yeah. You're not worthy if you're not paying your tithing, but you can be a, um, yeah, there's that aspect. You wouldn't have to pass a temple recommend interview to do it because you can have the Melchizedek priesthood, which is what you use to bless your child without having a temple recommend. But yeah. usually it goes hand in hand. You have a temple recommend, you're able to bless your baby. So that one's a little, it's good to know. See, like there's some things that she says that just, I'm like, you're right there. You're right there. You are so close. So, so close. close. So close. Like this one. I would bet that any adult who has made the conscious decision to leave the church or to do the church their way has done so because it actually improves their life. I truly believe that people in tune with their spirituality have a vibration and light about them that is undeniable, but that spirituality does not have to look the same as yours to be special. Just like parents have to parent each child differently, not every religion is going to work for each person, which is why it is so great that there are so many religions and spiritual journeys available to people. That doesn't sound like Mormons. That's not oh, like no. how Mormons talk or how they word things. This is a much more progressive take. So why, like for me, it comes down to like one of the main questions that I think comes to mind is why put all of this, like why not just take your brand of whatever it is you got here? Because by the sounds of it, the majority of it's not super Mormon. Yeah. Why continue? Why not be like, yeah, I'm not X religion because she seems very hell bent on not being put in a box, but also still identifies as Mormon, which is pretty boxy. <laughs> so you want to talk about black and white. There is no in the middle. 
or in the in-between really in church. So why not just be like, I'm spiritual. I pull some things from this. I pull some things from that. The yeah. the A lot of the things that people like about the Mormon church are not unique to the Mormon church. So what's the benefit to you in maintaining the name? Yeah. Is it the Book of Mormon? Do you, which is the keystone of the Mormon religion, a book that takes indigenous culture and shits on it, indigenous culture and heritage, like they... Up until 2006, I think was the revision, in the introduction, say, the Lamanites are the primary ancestors of, and I'm quoting here, the American Indians. And they changed it now because there's no DNA evidence that really fully supports that indigenous peoples of America are descendants of ancient Jews that left Jerusalem around 450 B.C. So is like that what you're holding on to or back on the spirituality bit? Um, maybe she doesn't do it because that's one of those other things that the church vilifies. Maybe. The, oh, my God. The amount of people who would just shit on other people for being spiritual mm-hmm. was insane. Yeah. Because people would be like, oh, what? you can be spiritual, but you can't be religious. Like, yes, you can stop honestly so when it just like to me as we like wrap this up and look at everything mormons on the whole aren't looking at amber and thinking what she's doing is okay and again we don't care i want her to do whatever's best for her what i prefer she get out of a harmful organization that harms not only women but tons of other folks too yeah i wish she would but like why market essentially is how I'll put it a religion where you are constantly berated because you don't wear their religious garment or the likes of things like that. Why is that where a community con- you want to be a part of? Yeah. Why if everybody, cause man, she mentioned this garment thing, the whole post, like if you have to justify it that much and people are just rude to you and talking shit on you on message boards and writing letters to your in-laws why are you going to market that like if that's your experience other people's can be better or worse and you know you i guess hope to against all hope that it's not worse Well, and so many of these are red flags, like the more we like the things that she brings up, like the concerns that she has and the spirituality stuff that she's brought up, like those are all red flags because this is the organization that you belong to. And they're like forcing these beliefs onto people because there is a level of agency, but we just listened to Bednar and is there really? Once you make covenants. There's really not. And then just like she's illustrating here perfectly the cultural pressures that exist within the Mormon church. And there's no, for her, this must be endless. There is no escaping this. Like members are constantly going to bring it up. She's constantly going to get shit on. Like, why do you want to continue to be a part of an organization that not only those people hate on you, but additionally, they're taught to hate on you. So... Why? Why? Like, why contribute? Like, I just don't get why you would want to be a part of something like this. Because all the things that are good in Mormonism are not unique. Mormonism does not own them. There are other ways that you can obtain those things. Mormonism didn't invent the afterlife or spirituality or heavenly mother. In fact, half of all these concepts or more were ripped off from masonry or indigenous people or other religions at the time and then are stifled by the mormon theology in a lot of cases especially like heavenly mother and things like that it's just like i just sad i have compassion for people who are in the progressive and nuanced phase i do but i understand the annoyance now that ex-mormons had with me when I was progressive and on the way out, because you see it differently now. So don't mold what things you're like, the things that mean things to you that are valuable, the things that you don't feel like you have to follow, like don't mold those to still fit in Mormonism because it doesn't. 
it doesn't fit. And you can do a dance, you can carve it, you can burn it, restart. You can like, no matter what you do, it's not going to fit because it's not meant to. Like there are countless example examples of women specifically being stifled in the Mormon church. Anytime any woman is trying to even a like whispering of a possibility of women in the priesthood excommunicated. Like they don't have any progressive thinking around women. No, it is God awful. The way they treat and talk about women within the Mormon church, not only historically, but currently. And I get the whole feminist thing. And that's a video for another day. But the fights that we're have, like the fights that Mormon women, progressive Mormon women are having in Mormonism right now have been happening for decades. The women doing that progressive feminist work within the church have been doing the same thing as the women before them because we get nowhere. It does not matter. It's not a somebody didn't get there yet or somebody didn't start doing it yet. Like if you go back in and look at prominent women in Mormon history, you will see that all the things we're begging for now, they were begging for then. And so this idea of progression in a lot of areas within the Mormon church is just, it just doesn't hold water. It just doesn't. Like every time there's even a whispering of something like that, they might kick you a breadcrumb, but that's it. And they're banking on you holding on for one day that that revelation is going to come. And it's not. Because if it did, it would threaten and undermine everything that the church is based on. The church is based in patriarchy. Like to allow women to have access to that same power would undermine the whole organization. It would put everything they have in jeopardy, which is why they hold on to it for dear fucking life. Because if they let that go, that would unearth things. Things would change. Women would be having the same amount of power as men. And would the church be better off? Probably. But that's not going to happen. It's not. Sorry for my feminist tangent. I think that's a good place to end this one. A nice little period (laughs) on uh, the end of a very long run on sentence. (laughs) So no, I don't think, are we critical of Amber because of her association with the Mormon church and some of her actions? Yeah, because I'm worried that it's presenting Mormonism that isn't Mormonism to people and causing people to stay when maybe, just maybe it would have pushed them out if they hadn't seen that. Maybe they would have a better a better life if they had been out, but you would never know until you've sent the letter and removed your records. Do I want her to distance herself completely from this harmful, bigoted, racist, homophobic, transphobic organization? Yes, because I think it would be a very powerful thing to do with being a person of her platform and the amount of Mormon people, maybe even people right on the fringe of leaving Like, it would be a very powerful thing. So do I hope she ventures out eventually? Yeah, I really hope she does because there is no positive thing in my mind to gain from being, like, identifying yourself as Mormon. Yeah. Not anymore. Like, you're racist, you're a transphobe, you're homophobic, your church organizations consistently oppresses women, Um, you know, like, it. Yeah. what's to be had anymore with the name? So if you're... Trying to paint it good, you're just helping the propaganda. Exactly. Exactly. That's all it is. You're helping everything be swept down the memory hole and repair their image. And that's exactly what these people are doing. It's just setting that stage that these things are okay now so that the stone can continue to roll, right? Like that's... The stone cut out of the mountain without hands. Without hands. So in summary, I hope she leaves. I hope she walks away. I wish she would not only just talk about what, like the things that people say to her that are rude, but the harmful aspects of the church, because I don't see that anywhere in here other than the things that don't directly impact her. Yeah. So maybe there were, uh, there was a little bit in that about how she was more sexually active or I don't know if she said that particularly but it did she said i don't like that about the church like great it causes harm so be a little more vocal about that portion right like that's what we if we're going to be critical of mormonism let's not just be critical of the things that people call you out on let's be critical about it as a whole because 
there's some discrepancies to be had when we support the LGBTQ plus community, but we align ourselves with this organization. So I hope she leaves. I hope she can like continues down the path. I think she's already on because it'll maybe end there. But this is just another influencer. Same shit, different day. All the time. All right, that about does it for this episode. Thank you, everybody, for watching. If you haven't subscribed yet or saved our podcast or done anything of that, click the button where it is. That would be awesome. We love all our subscribers. They're growing by the day. If you uh, would like to support us further, you can check out our Patreon you can find it at jordanmckay.com slash Patreon. There's this awesome exclusive content that exclusive you can have. Exclusive content. Exclusive videos. Some bloopers. Uh, I would like to get that back in. Um, and meetups and things like that. So check it out. If you'd also like some merch from us, you can find us on Etsy, Happy Brain Collective, or our Teespring is in the link in the description, the Etsy as well. You can find us on socials, TikTok and Instagram, at Jordan and McKay. It's a fun time over on Instagram. And if you'd like to join our community of awesome ex-Mormons, never-Mormons, the likes, then you can uh, join our Discord. The link is in the description as well. Thank you for sticking with us. If you made it this far, we love you. You're awesome. And we will see you next time. Bye.